right, what's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Welcome to I-Town. It's great to have you in the house today. I want to say hello to our church family meeting in other locations, those of you who are watching online. Of course, all the correctional facilities across the state. Come on, church, let's put our hands together one more time. Welcome each other today. It's great to have you in the house. Great to start a brand new year. Is anybody excited for 2023? Yeah, that's good. You know, the thing that's amazing is that we serve a God who invented the whole concept of a fresh start. He's the one who gave us brand new years, new weeks. In fact, in Lamentations chapter 3, it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new. Read it with me. Every morning. They are new. How often? Every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every single day is a fresh start in God's world, and so we're so thankful for that, that we get a brand new year, and hopefully you've got some great momentum around goals that you've set for your life. Maybe you're going to get in better shape, you're going to improve your relationships, take another step with the Lord. Hopefully you've got a list of things that you're hoping to accomplish in this brand new year, things that you're praying through, and uh, I'm praying that it's the best year of your life, but here's what I've learned from my pastor And I've said it every year, and I believe it to be true. This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. So if you draw closer to God than ever before, this will be the best year for you. Relationally, spiritually, physically, financially, it's the best way to live your life. And so we always try to come alongside and make sure that we help you with that spiritual momentum. In the month of January, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, and that starts today, January 8th through the 28th. It's very exciting to have a fresh start and uh, so exciting to take this journey with you. Now, I want to pause for a minute and say uh, I just want to celebrate the 630 people who made decisions for Christ during our Christmas Eve services. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Praise God for that. A brand new fresh start, they're probably all thinking, this is ridiculous. I came to this church I thought was kind of cool, and now I'm finding out that there's some weird cult, and they're not going to eat for 21 days, and I don't want to be a part of that, so it's kind of weird me out. Just relax. I'll tell you all about it in just a minute. Take a deep breath, because it's totally normal. It's actually a great discipline for your life. It's going to help you. But uh, incidentally, some of you may have actually been here during the moment during our Christmas Eve services, but... We actually crossed over the threshold of reaching over 50,000 people for Jesus in the lifetime of our church during our Christmas Eve services. To God be the glory. Isn't that amazing? Praise God for that. Yeah, I was pretty excited. (laughs) We printed a little uh, decal here that you can pick up at the red tent. These are uh, yours to put on whatever you like. I don't know what vinyl stickers go on these days, but I'm sure you can... Put it on something that you have in your life and just remember the mission that we have together to reach as many people as possible. That's why we're here and uh, so thankful for our partnership together and how it is actually working. And then for those of you that are fresh to making that decision, welcome to the journey. We're here to help you move from where you are to where God has called you to be. And that's a journey that lasts a lifetime. In fact, let me show you to you. First Thessalonians, it says it this way, chapter 5. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. So salvation is what happens when we give our lives to Christ. We believe that Jesus died in our place and we accept his forgiveness. The Bible says the old life, uh, it's erased and this brand new life begins. That's salvation. And any moment after that, 
You will go to see your maker face to face and spend eternity in heaven because you have allowed Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Salvation happens in just a moment and it's not anything that you can earn. The Bible says it's by grace. So then there's this other part of it called sanctification. That's just a big word to mean you gotta stop being yourself for the rest of your life because all of us are hardwired to be selfish and sinful because of Adam in the Garden of Eden. We were born with this flesh, this sin gene. And so sanctification is the process of learning how not to do all the things we did before we met the Lord, how to surrender our bodies and our souls and all the impure parts of our lives to the Holy Spirit and live more like Jesus. That's sanctification. So what he's saying here is that God is actually working in you. We talked about that at Christmas, that that's the power. It's not something that you have to commit harder to and try harder. It's the Holy Spirit working in you and that he would sanctify you through and through so that your whole spirit, soul, and body can be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what this verse gives us insight into is the areas of our lives that need to grow, the areas of our lives that need to be purified. And what we see also is that we are made in the image of God. That's what the Bible says. Well, God is one God, but with three separate personalities, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In the same way, jot it down this way if you're taking notes, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So you are three parts in one, just like the Lord. The spirit part of you will live for eternity somewhere, and that's the part of you that communicates directly with God. And then you have a soul, which is your mind and your will and your emotions, and that really connects with the world around you. And then, of course, you have a body, and that's the part of you that probably has some goals to sleep a little less or maybe sleep a little more and to eat less junk food, maybe lose a little weight. We all have goals that we make for our bodies. And so the thing that you need to know is that in every person's life, your soul and your body are fighting constantly for control of your life. And the Bible is very clear that anytime you allow those parts of your body outside of your spirit to be in control of your life, you'll have a mess on your hands. If your soul is in charge, then you'll be filled with anger or fear or worry or jealousy, and you'll think crazy thoughts because your soul will detach itself from your spirit, and it'll go nuts. You'll be emotional all the time, and your emotions are never honest with your life, and so you'll find yourself living on a roller coaster. Or if you allow your body to call the shots, then it will be full of lust and greed and debauchery, and you'll be sleeping all the time and be super lazy and undisciplined, and your life will turn into a big mess. And so the only way for you to live at your highest potential is for the spirit part of you to be in control. In fact, that's what the fruit of the spirit is, is all the disciplines that God's presence brings into our otherwise undisciplined life. And so what happens is in seasons like the holidays, and it happens at different times throughout the year as well, uh, whether you get busy or you walk through tragedy, is that our life gets out of whack, out of balance. So we have to be very intentional about getting it back in order, and that's what we do every January in this season of fasting and prayer. We recognize that we have probably been uh, spending some wonderful time with relatives and we've been having a great time with cake and pie and food and we've been spending more money than we should on things we don't need. And so here we get to January and we're like, man, life is kind of sliding out of control. It's time to get disciplined. It's time to get it back on track. 
Well, fasting and prayer is the easiest and best way to do it because it realigns ourselves the way God intended for us to live. Because fasting disconnects us from the body and the soul. I'm gonna teach you how to do that in just a minute. And then prayer is what connects us to God. Remember, the spirit side of us needs to become stronger and the soul and the body need to have less control. And so we're gonna fast because that's what gets the body under control. And there are several different ways that you can do it. So if you're thinking, man, I gotta jump into this thing with like just juice and water, just relax. There is such a thing as a complete fast and some of you may do this and it's wonderful, very spiritual, impactful, but a complete fast is where you just drink water or juice for 21 days. And if you've never fasted anything before in your life, this is not the fast for you, okay? Don't, uh, some people get saved and they're all really on fire for Jesus and they wanna go super radical and I commend that, but uh, it's, a, a complete fast is tough. I, I, I actually met this guy years ago at the gym and uh, won him to the Lord and he got really excited. It's about this time of year. And at the fast, he was a, a kind of a weightlifter, big athlete guy, and he jumped in very passionate and tried to do a complete fast and he crashed and burned on like day three or four and just felt so bad about it. And I just want you to know, don't set yourself up for total failure, all right? Uh, if you're gonna do a complete fast, make sure you talk to your doctor, you do lots of research, you understand what you're getting yourself into. You need to be able to have a restricted schedule because the calories that you're taking in need to be in good health condition, all those things. But that is one way that you can fast. Then what's more popular is what we would call a selective fast. You may have heard it called a Daniel fast, and that's where you cut out specific types of food. This is a lot more common in scripture when you see people who are fasting, like Nehemiah fasted, uh, Daniel, of course, fasted. They just cut out certain types of food that they enjoyed for the purpose of disciplining their body and praying and seeking God for an answer to a problem that they were facing. And so the true Daniel fast is Daniel said, I'm not gonna eat the food that's been sacrificed to idols, and so I just would like fruits and vegetables and water. And uh, that is a very, also a very difficult fast, tough on your digestive system, so you have to understand how to do it and, and how to sustain it, but that's a good uh, way to fast. Or uh, different types of selective fasts is that you would just cut out something that you really enjoy. And so like my grandfather one time, he just loved bananas, so he was like, I'm gonna, no, I'm not eating bananas for a while. It's like he did a banana fast. So I don't know if you need a banana fast, but maybe that's for you, I don't know. Uh, there was a girl in our college ministry back at Church of the Highlands years ago before we planted I-Town. She was gonna fast Starbucks. And I was like, wow, caffeine, that's pretty intense. She was like, no, 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 I'm not fasting caffeine. I'm not even fasting coffee. I'm just fasting Starbucks coffee. I was like, oh, okay. Way to go for it there. So, you know, some of you are thinking, I'm really broccoli. I just keep hearing it, broccoli. I gotta cut out less cauliflower in my life. If that's where you're going, you probably won't get a lot out of the fast, all right? The goal is that you just take something that your body really enjoys and tell it you're not in charge. I'm not gonna let you have what you want all the time because you're not running my life. My, the spirit part of me is actually what's in charge. That's the point of a fast. Another way is uh, a partial fast, which has now been made very popular. You would know it by the title intermittent fasting. That's where you would go without several meals. And so the Jewish fast, the Jewish version of this, is that they would uh, fast the breakfast and lunch meal and then eat dinner. So you're not necessarily changing 
The diet of what dinner is, there's no restrictions on what you would eat for that meal, but you would not eat breakfast and lunch leading up to dinner. So there's lots of different ways that you can participate. The most important thing, as I mentioned, is just you tell your body you're not in charge. You, if you want a Dorito, you can't have it, okay? It's just I'm gonna tell you for a while exactly uh, what you're not allowed to do. And just in case you haven't fasted before, the moment you do that, that's all you'll think about and it's all you'll crave and it can be just awful. And it's good because then you'll actually recognize, wow, my flesh really is out of control. Like it really does feel like it should get its own way. You'll find that tension inside of you spiritually where the body's trying to run your life. And I think it's a wonderful discipline to, to take seasons where you tell it no. And then I would also encourage everybody to include some type of soul fast. And a soul fast is where you would cut out the things that impact your soul, like social media or maybe the news, uh, maybe watching different types of movies or maybe television altogether, which, you know, that's tough because we got the national championship game. It's a tough time of year, you know, the national championship game tomorrow night, and we got a lot of playoff implications in the NFL today, so you got to pray through that and decide what exactly the Lord is leading you to do. But uh, man, social media has such a hold sometimes on our lives, and and I think sometimes you can get all wrapped up in the fact that the whole country's gonna come to an end in Washington immediately, and uh, you'd be refreshed to know that for 21 days, those people are still yelling about the same thing, and it's all okay, and uh, we're kinda headed in the same direction that we've been headed in for 20 years. And so it'll be all right, I promise you, that the world won't fall apart. So you could kind of find some of those things in your body and in your soul that you can cut out. The most important thing is that you're really intentional about silencing those parts of your life and then finding a different rhythm that would allow you to hear from the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like I love this verse in Isaiah. The people of Israel in Isaiah 58, they have fasted and they're complaining kind of to God. They say, we have fasted and you haven't seen it, God. We, we've humbled ourselves, but you haven't even noticed. Like, I feel like I'm putting all this work in, but you're not really responding. And God's response is, but on the day that you were fasting, you just did as you pleased. And so the key to it is that you don't just have the normal rhythm of life. You're not just doing all the things that you would normally do, enjoying all the things you'd normally enjoy, but you're actually being intentional, setting aside some time, to additional time to pray and to worship Read your Bible, spending time with the Lord. Now, if you'll do that, the Bible promises that there's a reward. This is pretty cool. In Matthew chapter six, there's always a reward for fasting. Jesus said, verse 16, when you fast. Now, I love that because he wasn't like, hey, if you decide to like go all in on this thing and become a crazy radical Christian, like one of the weird ones, then you'll fast. And if you do that, here's, no, he just said, hey, everybody who follows me when you fast, like it should be a normal part of every Christian's spiritual discipline. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they love to disfigure their faces to show people that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So if you decide to jump in on this, and, and now's a great time, we have three weeks, of course, together that we can do this, I would encourage you to jump in. If you do, 
and, and you decide what, what it is you're gonna do and it's a big sacrifice and, and all those things and you're getting ready for God to bless you. But then the entire time you're like, oh, I'm so tired because I'm low on calories. And oh, this is so hard because I'm fasting whatever it is that you're fasting. And you feel like that's a really big deal and that everyone else would go, wow, I'm just giving up talk radio, but you're not eating food. That's amazing, you know, like, Whatever that response is, Jesus is like, enjoy the response because that's all you're getting. Like whenever people think, wow, you're really spiritual and amazing and you're doing so much better than I am, whatever that is for you, enjoy that moment because that, that is it. That's all you'll get for your fast. But Jesus goes on to say, when you fast, if you'll put oil on your head and wash your face so that it's not obvious to other people that you're fasting, and then only your father who is unseen sees it, then he will reward you. And I don't know about you, but I'd way rather be rewarded by God than by people. I'd way rather have my prayer list answered than impress you by you thinking that I'm great at some spiritual discipline. So I love the culture of fasting and prayer, but I hate a religious culture, and we fought hard against it for all the years that we've been at church, and I don't want us to get off track culturally it's okay if you ask people that you respect and love, like, hey, help me figure out what to fast and what does it look like and what have you done in the past? Those conversations are wonderful. But the, oh, this is what I'm giving up. What are you fasting? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm more spiritual than you kind of conversations. If we get into that, I'm just telling you, that's all you get out of fasting. And that's a pretty bad reward if you think about it. Like, that's, that's a pretty low bar for all the sacrifice it takes to fast. So don't blow it, all right? Make sure that you're doing something that really disciplines your life, but then there's a spiritual blessing. And I, can't, I don't have time to go through all of the miracles and all the vision and all the answered prayer and all the opportunities that Kate and I have seen in the years that we have been a couple in our personal lives, in our personal finances, but even corporately as a church and in opportunities that God has put in front of us because of these seasons of fasting and prayer. Nothing happens in the natural till it first happens in the spiritual. And when we realign ourselves to God's plan and allow the spiritual side of us to be the strongest part of our lives and make sure that we're silencing the flesh and disciplining our bodies, I'm telling you, there are tremendous blessings that come from that. So don't just fast, also join us for prayer. We'll be here for the next three weeks from 12 to 1 here at Olson Farms at Academy up in Bluffton, even online if you're not able to join us in person. We'd love to have you during that hour because it's a directed hour of prayer that is an amazing time in God's presence and it'd be wonderful to have you here. But then we're taking it a step further this year because we really want God to move and Kate had the idea of, man, what, what kind of spiritual momentum could we create if we prayed 24 hours a day for 21 days. And so our team has set up a little sign-up that you can be a part of, and some people have already jumped on, and, and there's been people praying in 15-minute increments already since midnight, since today became today. And I would love for you to join us. The, the sign-up is there in the app, and uh, you can go in and just sign up for 15-minute time slots and for 24 hours a day, for 21 days as a church. We are going to bathe our families and our city and our nation in prayer, and I believe God's gonna respond. Amen, everybody? I believe revival's gonna come. You know, in 2022, we saw more people come to Christ than any single year in the history of our church, 
And I really believe that there's great spiritual momentum. We had incredible time at Revival Nights. And I believe it's just the beginning of what God wants to do, not just in our church, but in our country. And here's what we're praying. Hosea 6 says, let us return to the Lord and he will revive us. Like if we'll press into God, then he'll reward us for that, that we can live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear and he will come to us like the winter rains and the spring rains that water the earth. I did a message in uh, November last year at First Wednesday about the reign of the Holy Spirit and how God's presence is going to fall. And the Bible prophesied that we would live in these times when signs and wonders and miracles would take place. And I believe those times are these times. I believe this is the moment. And I think that we can stack the deck, if you will, and see God move if we would commit ourselves in prayer. And I'm inviting you to take this journey with me because I believe God wants to do amazing things in our city and in our church and in your personal life. In order for that to happen, we really have to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Every year, I spend some time praying and asking the Lord that he would give me vision for the year of what that year would kind of be about and specifically give me a word that would kind of encompass corporately what God wants to do in our church family for that year. And the word that God gave me for this year is the word clarity. It's amazing as you look at the landscape of our nation and really even the world, I don't think there's ever been a time in human history where there's been more confusion. It's fascinating to see how confused people are in the world around us about really everything. And it's so sad. And the Bible tells us the devil is the author of confusion. And so confusion is on a rise. You can't tell what is truth. We live in a, an age of misinformation and disinformation, and these terms are thrown around uh, really by people that are just kind of manipulating even the terms to fit whatever their agenda is for control and for power and, and all kinds of just craziness. And I believe as people of God, as we live through whatever 2023 has to bring, I believe more than ever we need clarity. We need to understand the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to know how God is leading us in our family and with our children, with our finances, with, with how we leverage our time in really every area. And our theme verse is out of Ephesians chapter one. Here's the verse to support it. This is the message paraphrase. It's a prayer Paul is praying. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. I pray that over you all the time, that you would know him personally. I don't want you to have a relationship with God through iTown or a relationship with God through one of the pastors on staff or through the messages that I bring you or through someone that you know in your life. No, you need to know God personally. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to talk to you and lead you and guide you in every area of your life. But here's what it requires, that our eyes would be focused and clear so that we can know exactly what he's calling us to do. Because there are no accidents in this life. I think oftentimes we get into these modes where we kind of just float through life. And I know as a nation, we're kind of in that place where you just, you just do what you're supposed to do. Like you just, you have your kids and you just do whatever they tell you to do. Like, all right, now's the time you should 
pee in the potty, and now's the time you go to school, and now's the time that, and you just pass them off. You pass them off to the church, pass them off to the school, pass them off to the sports program. This is just what we do. I don't know. We don't really think about it, don't really pray about it. It's just kind of what you do. So you just do what you do. You just do what's asked, what's required, what's standard. And then we get our careers, and we work jobs, and we just go about the grind of life, and You wake up somewhere in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and you go, man, in my heart, I was always thinking, like, at this stage of life, when I got to that place, I would start to give, or I would start to serve, or I'd start to be active in this, or I'd start that hobby, or I'd begin that business, or I'd step out and and start that relationship, or I'd really get more involved in circles, or or, or whatever it is. and, And what you realize is, at some point, you wake up and go, I'm never getting out of whatever this season, this season that I keep calling a season is actually my whole life. Like, it's not a season. It's what I'm doing. This is actually life. And God actually, before you ever took your first breath, had a whole plan of what that was supposed to look like. And so instead of waking up in the morning and just responding to the news and the media and the social media and the magnets and, and the sports teams and the school and the work and the emails and all the stuff that just busies up our lives... What would it look like if we actually lived as though there was a design, there was a plan? Like every moment I step foot outside my door, I am God's messenger to a hopeless and hurting broken world that I could be salt and light, that I could bring hope to somebody, that I could make a difference, and that God would actually orchestrate my steps to interact with people that day who are walking through particular situations that They needed someone to come and love them and help them. Like, what would it look like if we had our eyes focused and clear so that we would know exactly what God is leading us to do? So we're praying for clarity. We need clarity in our culture, clarity in the world around us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us that Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They can't see who God really is, so they don't understand this message. They don't understand how good God is. They have all these lies in their minds that, well, God doesn't really love people because X, Y, and Z, or God doesn't really exist because I have these other things that have gotten into my heart. That's what the devil does to people. That's why not everybody follows the Lord, because they're just blind. And so we're praying for clarity. During this year, I'm praying that God would help us to show people Jesus for who he really is. Because I, I think that God is so loving and so wonderful. If people ever really saw him as we have seen him, they would surrender their lives to him and recognize that he actually is the author of all things good and that he has a great plan for their life and that the best way to live life under his blessing is to surrender everything to him. But it's the lies of the world that keep people from believing that and our culture's been so blind. And man, we really lived through a pretty scary time uh, the last couple of years, of course, have just been a total train wreck morally for our nation. And it's amazing how all these things that were considered fringe beliefs have been shoved into the mainstream and changing people's perspective and just really taking our country at high speed in an evolving direction that is very anti-God. It, it really is disturbing. But one thing I've taken hope in that's fascinating to me is there a few years ago, where culture kind of reached its tolerance for this idea that in crisis you would pray. I don't know if you remember this, but 
there was this backlash towards like when tragedy happened, people would say, you, the church needs to shut up about that. We're praying for you nonsense because we already know we've evolved past that. We don't need your prayers. We just need your love or we need your support. But don't say you're praying because we all know that doesn't work. I don't know if you remember, it happened a couple of years ago. It was disturbing. It was like prayer was no longer welcome at any level on the public uh, forum. But then all of a sudden, on Monday night, this guy falls down in the middle of a football game, Damar Hamlin, and guess what happens? People rally around him and pray. And then on NFL Live, they prayed. And then at the beginning of football games, they are now kneeling not to oppose something or to take a stand for something, but to kneel for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and pray. Praise God. I think it's awesome. So you may not have heard the story, but this young man who is a professional athlete and in impeccable health falls over in cardiac arrest in the middle of the football game and praise God for the people that were surrounded him and began to pray over him and of course the first responders that saved his life and, and then the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals is actually uh, kind of a, a disconnected person that we know, but he's a believer and went across the field was like, hey, we probably shouldn't continue this game. Like, this is pretty serious. And the humanity of people actually came out. And instead of being at each other's throats and at odds, all of a sudden, this nation started to come together. But even the Buffalo Bills organization has said, please pray. All we can do is pray. And people are offering all these prayers. I think there's a turn, there's a tide that's changing for spiritual hunger in our country. And I believe that we need to be a part of fueling that fire and praying those prayers that God would wake up this nation and praise God for the miraculous recovery that Damar has experienced and the fact that he is a walking testimony to the healing, saving power of Jesus Christ and the fact that he can live to tell of the goodness of God. I think it's gonna be a wonderful story and I'm excited about it, but we need to pray that God would do more of that not that more people would have cardiac arrest, certainly, but that God would bring that whole concept of bowing before him to the public forum. I think it's fantastic. But then we need clarity in our own lives as well. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, if people can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. Unfortunately, that describes a lot of the body of Christ who are pretty ineffective because we don't really know what we're doing, don't have clarity of vision, clarity of thought, and we're just kind of not really making progress, but when we attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. And, and the Bible says in Hebrews that God continues to speak. So there's fresh revelation. God will speak to you every day of your life through his word, through his spirit, if we'll just be sensitive to it. But we have to learn how to listen. We have to learn how to have clarity that he is revealing these things to us. And the reason why I think it's important because the Bible says that you're most blessed if you'll do this. And that's what I want. I want 2023 to be a year of incredible blessing in your family and in your life. And it's gonna come because it's the best year that we've ever had spiritually. Now, in order to have clarity, we're gonna have to get back to some basics. That's what this series is all about. For the last couple of minutes we have together, I wanna talk to you about the fact that there's nothing more basic than just getting focused. We have got to get back to being focused on what it is that's important in life and being able to hear from the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the best organizations on planet Earth, the best leaders who exist, they are all 
focus. They have simple vision, clarity of thought. They know what they're trying to accomplish, and they don't let anybody or anyone push them off of that mission, off of that vision, off that focus. And I wanna show you a few places in Scripture because maybe there's something, some one thing that God is calling you to focus on in this brand new year. In Psalm 27 and verse four, David said, there's one thing that I ask. The thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Maybe for some of you, it's time to prioritize. David said, there's a lot of great things I can do with my life, but the thing that's most important is that I be in God's house. And certainly I would pray that God would be at the center of your life, that he'd be a priority, that his house would be a priority to you. But I think just in general, it's time that we spend energy, focus energy on prioritizing our lives. The devil would love to fill your schedule with things that aren't necessarily sinful, but they are distractions to keep you from whatever legacy God has called you to leave. Prioritize. Philippians chapter three, Paul says this, I'm gonna do one thing. I'm gonna forget everything that is behind me and look forward to that which is ahead. Maybe it's time for some of you to let go. Maybe the focus of this year is to leave the past in the past. You know, your past only has power over your future if you let it. What you've been through, what you've done, doesn't have any say over your tomorrow. Because the Bible says if you're in Christ, you're a brand new person. The old life is gone, and a brand new life begins. His mercies are new every morning. You don't have to be defined by the mistakes of your past or by what happened to you in 2020 or 2021 or 2022. It's the past, so let's let it go. Stop letting your life be marked by the people who have left you or by the, those that have betrayed you or by the mistakes that you have made because you don't have to be defined by your past. Paul says, I'm gonna forget what's behind me. But we often forget that he also left a lot of success in his past as well. One of my favorite quotes from Michael Jordan. <laughs> success is only success at the moment that you perform something successful. Nobody cares about what we've done as a church for the last 12 years. It only matters what we do today. It only matters the people that we feed now. It only matters the people that we reach now. It only matters the, the children that we save now, the marriages that we rescue now. It doesn't matter what we've done. Praise God for the people that have been saved and for the lives that have been changed. Praise God for that. But we have to be a success in this moment. We have to build God's house this year. We have to get on our face and pray and fast this year. It doesn't matter if we prayed and fasted for 21 years. What matters is that we pray and fast this year for this moment, for our country, for, for such a time as this. We've got to live in the moment. And so it's time to let go of whoever you thought you were defined to be by the mistakes and by the successes of your past. Paul says, I'm leaving all of it behind and I'm pressing forward to what God has for me. I love this story in Luke chapter 10, Mary and Martha. Martha is all busy preparing the party. She's got a big to-do list. Somebody's gotta cook the food and somebody's gotta clean the dishes and somebody's gotta set the table. But Jesus says there's only one th thing right now that's worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. Cause you know what Mary was doing? She was spending time with Jesus. And it will not be taken from her is what Jesus said. You know, I think the tragedy in modern day culture is that we miss the moment. We're never present. We don't live in the moment. 
Like we're in this moment that our children are actually home for the day and they wanna tell us about their relationships and about their pressures and about their life and we're too busy loading the dishwasher, doing laundry, answering emails, checking Instagram. We miss the moment. Jesus is saying, look, all that stuff is important but there's, that's always gonna be there and there will always be time for it. There are times that we have to focus on the presence of God. This is a moment that God's speaking to you. It's not a time to be worried about what we're gonna eat for lunch and what's gonna happen later and who's going to whose house and how it's all gonna, we have to be in the moment. And I think in order to do that, we just have to slow down. Mary just said, I'm just gonna sit here for a minute. Be still and know that I am God, scripture says. Don't fall for the lie that, man, you just gotta hustle, just keep pushing, just keep running, just keep going, just keep loading up the schedule because it's just a season. I promise you, you'll wake up 70 and realize that was your life. And you never started the things that you were gonna start. You never heard that revelation from the Lord. You never had that moment that you craved. You never built that relationship that you desired. I think sometimes we just gotta slow down. Maybe that's your one thing this year. Mark chapter 10, the last one, there's the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. He's jumped through all the hoops. He's dotted all the I's. He's crossed all the T's. He's done everything religiously he was supposed to do. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him and said, there's still one thing you haven't done. I need you to go and sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor. Why? Not because he had too much stuff, but because his stuff had him. And then I want you to give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then you can follow me. See, this young man hadn't truly surrendered. Maybe it's time for you to give up something in your life that you've said, God, I'll follow you as long as I can hang on to this. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He wants your whole life. Maybe you're holding on to some things. It's time for you to focus on letting go. The power of a focused life. So every year we try to focus our church on one corporate word for us spiritually. I would encourage you to do the same for your personal life or for your family. Get yourself a word that would define the year. For some of you, it could be discipline. For others of you, maybe it's rhythm or maybe it's simplify or, or, or maybe it's just faith. It's a season for you to step out and believe God. I don't know what it might be. For all of us, it'll be different. But find a word that you believe will define this year, what the Holy Spirit is leading for you to do so you can live that focused life and then make sure that you find a verse to attach to it. Because it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by God's Spirit that things get accomplished in this life. We have to surrender to the fact that our words are just words unless they're God's words and then they have power to fulfill themselves. You gotta find a promise and there are hundreds of them in God's word that would speak to every issue in life. Here's my prayer for you one last time, is that you and I would be intelligent and discerning and knowing God personally, that you would know him at a level you have never known him before so that your eyes can be focused and clear, seeing exactly what it is that God has called you to do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna pray that God would give us clarity for this next year. Some of you have some big decisions to make. Maybe it's in your marriage or with your kids, your career, even in your calling. I wanna pray that you would know clearly 
what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. But first, I wonder how many are here today at any of our campuses and you're far from God. Maybe that's even why you're in this service. You're just searching for answers to this life. I want you to know the Bible's pretty clear that God actually hardwired us that way, that we would ask the question, why? Because we, we seek out the meaning to life. It was put inside of us so that we would actually find our way back to him. There is no meaning to this life apart from Jesus. But if you'll surrender to him, he'll give you the purpose. It'll all make sense. Maybe you knew the Lord for a season, but you wandered away, and you realized that life apart from him never works. Man, what a great day to make a fresh commitment to him. Get a brand new start. He's not mad at you. His mercies are new every morning. If that's you today, you're in one of those categories. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to make you stand. I'm not going to have you come to the front. It's not my goal to embarrass you with whoever you came to church with today. I just I want to help you take a step in your spiritual journey. And you know who you are. You know this is your moment. There are no accidents. God has a plan for your life. You're here because it's time for a change. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. I'm just gonna lead you in a simple prayer. But I'd love to know that you wanna be counted in just by lifting your hand up high all across the room at every campus. If that's you, would you just put your hand up high for just a moment? Come on, right now. Just put your hand up high. Say, Dave, that's me. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Proud of you. All right, you can put your hands down if you haven't already. Here's what we'll do. I'm gonna give you the words to pray. You can pray them quietly in your heart. You just need to mean it. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. Today, I make you my Lord. I put my trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place. Forgive me of all my sin. I repent. Fill me with your presence and help me live this life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, I pray that you would touch every one of us here today. We thank you for this gift of life, this gift of a brand new year. Help us to make every moment count, Lord. We ask that you would lead us by your Holy Spirit. In this season of fasting and prayer, we thank you that you would let our spirit rise up strong and that we would put in check our soul and our bodies. We thank you that these prayer requests that we have, that you hear us when we pray and that you'll move in a supernatural and miraculous way to bring the answers to pass. God, I pray that you would help us to be focused, to have clarity this year, that we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and know the decisions that we are to make in every area of life. We thank you for how good you are to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Church, would you help me celebrate with those who prayed that prayer today? so much for joining iTown Church online today. We would love to have the chance to meet you and your family in person at one of our campuses, or of course you can join us streaming live online this weekend. 
Now for more details about times and locations and even some of our streaming options, you can go to itownchurch.com. I sure hope to see you soon. God bless.